Hello and welcome to the Christ Fellowship Weekly Podcast. At Christ Fellowship, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and His purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit ChristFellowship.org. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from Lead Pastor Jamie Miller. On behalf of everyone here at Christ Fellowship, I just want to say welcome. We're so glad that you're here. I know we've got people from different uh, backgrounds and all kinds of things, different reasons for being here on Easter, and we're so thankful that you're here. I just want to ask that, um, I, I want to say too, that you're not here by accident, and I just, I, I believe that, that God's brought you here for a reason, and I'm going to just lift up the name of Jesus in the next few minutes, but uh, I want to pray a prayer right here at the start that I pray a lot, and it's this, I, I'll say, Jesus, would you reveal yourself to me? And that's a great prayer for us to pray right here together. Just Jesus, would you, if you feel comfortable saying that just softly, just Jesus, would you reveal yourself to me today? Amen. Okay. Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through about verse 10. Let's read this together. This is from the end of the gospel. This is the story of the resurrection of Jesus After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid. For I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen. Just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy. And they ran to tell the disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him and clasped his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me. And this is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. So we're starting a new series here. It's Easter Sunday. We're calling this the risen Christ. And over the next four weeks, next three or four weeks, we are going to be looking at resurrection scenes, kind of like we're doing here today resurrection scenes and drawing understanding for our lives. And so I want to encourage you, if you're visiting with us, to jump in with us on this series. Great, great thing to, to, to learn more about Jesus. Wherever you're at in the journey, ultimately, Jesus Christ is the, the one that's most worthy of praise and worship and knowing in all of life. It's what the longing of our hearts really and truly is. Why is Easter so huge around the world? Think about it. Since the sun came up in the Far East, wherever the dateline is, the islands, the Far East, the Philippines, Thailand, China, there's people been praising God and thanking the Lord for the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So you see, Easter, why is it so important? It's because of the resurrection of Jesus. And there's nothing that anybody in this room is facing, no sin, no bondage, no, no thing you're stuck in. You say, there's no way out of this. I want to proclaim to you today that Jesus Christ is raised. And because he's raised from the dead, everything is changed for all of us. It's like when he comes out of the tomb, it's, you know, at the end of the Bible, the very end of the story, the Lord God says, behold, 
I am making all things new. And that longing in our hearts for things to be right, for things to be new, for things to be as they should be, you know, it breaks in in the death and in the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So this new creation has really started in Jesus, and it's Him that we remember. I just want to just throw a few just thoughts down here just to kind of bring us in here, because you see, God loved us so much that He refused to let humanity in our brokenness and sin and just the way we've turned away from God, He refused to just let us go our own way. That's what, so if you think about it, Adam and Eve, they sinned in the garden, and the first thing they decide to do is to hide from God. They've been walking with God, but now they're hiding from God, and they're, they're walking in darkness, and they can't see what they're doing. And so Jesus Christ had to come and be the light of the world that shines into our groping, broken, sinful darkness. And he shows us what God is like. He shows us what salvation is like. He shows us what meaning and purpose and life and hope and a destiny in God is all like. There's nothing like him. And it doesn't matter where you're at or where you're coming from. This is good news for you. It's the message of God's love. It's the message of God's kindness. He's the kindest person that we could ever, ever meet. He's so good. And maybe you've never known the Lord, and I want you to hear that I'm proclaiming that you can know the Lord today. Or maybe you've been away from the Lord and, and just kind of been doing your own thing for a while. Maybe you've met Him somewhere back in the past. I want to proclaim to you that you can start walking with Him again today in a real life-giving way. Today can be a, a page where we turn the chapter and it's a new day because of the kindness and the love and the mercy and the goodness of God. That's just the way He is. God is still breaking into our lives, coming into our dark places. That's what He does. It's the work of the Spirit. That's why I say you're not here by accident. It's the work of the Spirit. We didn't come up with this on our own. The other day I was praying, and I was in my house, and I was praying. I've been seeking the Lord, and with tears even, and just praying, Lord, I, just, I want you to come into this situation. And all of a sudden it just hit me, like He's saying, I'm with you right now. And this doesn't look the way you thought it was going to look, but I'm with you right now. And you're seeking me is exactly what I want you to do. And I just want to say this in hopes that everybody can hear me. is that the seeking that you find yourself doing for more, for God, for the Lord, you didn't come up with that on your own. It's, it's the mercy of God. It's the mercy of a good and loving God. And so here we are today saying, Jesus, reveal yourself to us. Our need, the thing is, our need is so common. We're, we're all in the same boat together. We're all humans. And we've got this brokenness about us. And sometimes it's really obvious. It's, it's fear, insecurity, pain from the past, you know, stuff that happened when we were kids. Stuff that even as older adults, that pain from the past that hasn't been forgiven or hasn't been dealt with, Jesus hasn't healed, that it still gets worked out in our lives in just weird, funky kind of ways. And that's just common to us. You're, you're not isolated and you're the only person that's ever happened to. It's our condition apart from God is brokenness and sin. And so oh, it's just, it's, so sometimes it's, 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 it's obvious, 
And then there's other times where it's not so obvious, where maybe we see ourselves really pretty good. It's pride, or it's judging other people, or it's, it's holding grudges and not forgiving. You know, and you can't always see that, you know, it's, it's, you know somebody looks porcelain and everything's together on the outside. They don't walk like that. Um, but, but, but they've got it together. You know, just everything's kind of, you know, just great and shiny. You know, but the reality is every single one of us need a Savior. Every single one of us need a Savior. And there's, there's, there's no joy like the joy of meeting Jesus. There's no relationship like coming into relationship with Jesus. There's no freedom like the freedom that's found in Jesus. There's no hope like the hope that's found in Jesus. There's just, this is, it, it's, it's the greatest news ever. And I'm, uh, I love the story of Peter. Peter was one of the apostles, one of Jesus' disciples, in many ways kind of the leader of the, the band of disciples, you know. And Peter was strong at times, you know, stepping out there saying stuff. But on the night that Jesus was betrayed, before he went to the cross, Jesus looked at his disciples and said, every one of you is going to betray me. You're all going to betray me. And Peter steps up and says, Lord, even if all these guys, all these other guys, they betray you, I will never betray you. I will never disown you. And Jesus looked at Peter and said, no, Peter, before this night is over, before the rooster crows in the morning, you're going to deny me three times. And we know that he did deny him. I don't know him. I don't know him. A second time and a third time he denies him with cursing. I do not know the man. Peter immediately, here's the rooster crow, goes out and is absolutely undone. He's broken, weeping before the Lord, crying, Lord, have mercy. Why did I do that? You know, and we can identify with that. I can identify with that. I wish I didn't as much as I do. But the good news is, after Jesus goes to the cross, is in the tomb for three days, He is raised from death by the power of God, never to die again. And it's, it's unbelievable good news. And so Jesus then comes to the disciples, reveals Himself to the disciples. He reveals Himself to Peter. And what does He say to Peter who denied Him three times? He says, Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. He's walking with him. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. One time for every denial, it's Jesus coming alongside Peter. And here's what I want to say. Just something, it's easy to see it with Peter sometimes. Oh yeah, he restored Peter. But it's hard for us to see it in our own lives sometimes. That if we've walked away from the Lord or we're just doing our own thing, what we don't realize, we're going over here, we don't realize Jesus is always doing this. It's not you coming to Him. It's always been Him coming to you. He loves you that much. I mean, that's the good news. You can't run far enough to run away from God. And the fact that He's wooing you and drawing you today is just part of that Oh, it's just massive, massive good news. How does Peter respond? Well, feed my sheep. Peter, just a few days later, Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father in heaven. He's coming again. But he pours out his spirit on Pentecost. That day is coming soon, about 50 days from now. Pentecost is coming. 
And Peter stands up on that first day when the Spirit comes and he proclaims the good news of God. He proclaims that Jesus Christ went to the cross, that he was murdered by sinful men, but God raised him from the death. And he is both Lord and Christ. And everybody's like, okay, it's true. What do we do now? Repent, be baptized, you know, start living for Jesus. Order your life to the King who is the Lord and the Christ. Do that, follow him. And so you look through the book of Acts, you're still following Peter. He's preaching the same message. Jesus Christ crucified and raised from the dead by the power of God. Paul picks up that message all through the book of Acts. And here's what I want us to do just for a few points this morning. And that is, if you roll the clock forward from the book of Acts, about 30 years, you find that Peter writes a little letter himself. It's called 1 Peter. And Peter's declaration, his doxology, his praise to God after 30 years is in a sentence at the beginning of 1 Peter. And I want us to read that together. So turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 1. It'll also be up on the screen. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. So this is 30 years after the crucifixion and the resurrection. And look what Peter is still saying. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, you greatly rejoice, though for now for a little while you've had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you've not seen Him, you love Him. And even though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Praise the Lord. So that's what's going on with Peter. And here's the thing. If I was going to boil this down into one sentence for today so that we can all get it, it's this. Easter means that we have new life, new hope, and new joy through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So I want to talk about those things. Let's, let's talk about that. Because Jesus is raised, first of all, number one, if you've got an outline there, we have new life. We have new life. He's, by His great mercy, He's given us new birth. And let me just set this up this way. This is the way this works. Jesus is the Son of God from all eternity. He's the Father's Son, who's the Father from all eternity and the power of the Spirit. And we are humans, but God becomes flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. And in that, in that incarnation, He is the one where humanity and God meet. Okay? We, that, that is, he's, it's, the Bible says He's the mediator between God and men. And so what happens to Jesus happens to all of us. Like Adam sinned, we all kind of fall into that sin. What happens to Jesus redeems us. So when Jesus goes to the cross, it's like we all go to the cross. Romans chapter 6, verse 6 says, for we know that our old self was crucified with Christ on the cross. And so it's like 
in this union with Him, because He's God and man together and represents all of us, when He dies, we die. When He goes into that grave, we go into that grave with Him. And when He's raised, we are raised with Him. Now, you can shake your fist and go, no, I don't believe that. No, I don't believe that. But the day you say yes, it's like, it's new life. It's new birth. And it's, it's exactly what's being pictured this morning in baptism. That we, you know, we, are, we go with Him into the grave. And then we are raised to newness of life. Is what Micah quoted earlier. So that's what's going on there. And, you know, I, I, my own testimony is that when I met Jesus, man, everything changed. I'd been, around, I'd been around Christians. I'd been around church. I'd read the Bible some. I went to college, stopped going to church altogether. And then I got involved my senior year in some bad stuff. And I mean, I, I got addicted to some things and life got out of control. And I could not see a way out of the pain and the brokenness and the bondage that I was in. It was like this stuff was my, uh, it's just what I thought about all the time. And so I, there's no way out. I'm going to kill myself. And I'm at my parents' house in Houston. I'm crying my eyes out, thinking my life is over. And suddenly, before my closed eyes, I have a, I see Jesus. And he's smiling. White robe, gold sash, smiling at me. And he's doing this. And I said, Jesus, if, Jesus, if that's you, you've got to save me because I am so lost. And... You know, I met Jesus Christ that night, and I'd, I'd heard about Him, but on that night, I came into a relationship with Him, and it forever has changed my life. And I mean, there's people around me, like my wife, who knew what I was like before and what life is like now. That's why I loved hearing Katie's testimony, what life was like before and what life is like now. And there's hundreds of testimonies in this room right now of what life was like before and what life is like now. And I want to just encourage you that new life really is available. It's just like we give up stuff that we don't even want to keep, really. Bondage, fear, insecurity, death, hopelessness, living a bummed out, frumpy, grumpy life. And we get freedom, life, hope, meaning, purpose, destiny, just absolute light in our eyes, a smile on our face, relationships with all of our brothers and sisters here in the city and around the world. It's a pretty good deal. You know, and I've just watched life at just because I've been in this so long doing this. <laughs> I'm laughing. In first service, I actually used one of these to talk about how long I've been in this. It, and it really hadn't been that long, but it's been a long time. And I've seen a lot of changed lives. Now, right now, we're in the discipleship school. We're leading the, the, the discipleship school. Haven't done that in years and doing that. And I mean, I'm seeing so many changed lives. It's absolutely mind-boggling. Life after life after life after life changed. Light in the eyes. Purpose, destiny. People using their gifts like never before. People prophesying over one another. Speaking life. Bringing the kingdom. It's powerful. And while I'm on this, I just want to let you know, if you're interested, the Discipleship School registration continues through May 1st. So there's my commercial in the middle of the sermon. But it's awesome. I mean, I'm, we're going to do it again. 
And I love the life change that we're seeing. So that's the first piece, is because Jesus is raised, we have new life. The second piece, because Jesus is raised, we have a living hope. He says, he goes on there, he says, he's given us, because of his mercy, new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, the hope piece, and what he goes on to say there about the inheritance, and about walking through trials, grief, and our faith being strengthened because we're walking through these things. And so at the end of our lives, when we go through these trials, and can I just say, I will, is that, you know, we do go through hard stuff. You know, and it's, it's not me saying bad stuff over you guys to go, you're going to have to go through some hard stuff. That's life. That really is life. And so when, when we have a living hope because of Jesus, we, no matter what we face, no matter what we're going through, it, there's always hope for us. And faith is, finds its roots in the place of hope. It's like the seedbed for faith rising up so that when we go through hard things, which we do, then it's like life heats up and the stuff that's on the inside of us that needs to go it becomes like dross that's scraped off of heated up gold, you know, and so that we can have a faith that really is going to bring Jesus praise and glory and honor when we get to the the end of our lives. That's what's going on. That's what he's calling us to. And it's, it's a hope that, that moves through the fears that we feel, the insecurities, all of these different kinds of things. And where this lands on the ground for all of us, every person that can hear my voice, it's, it's all the stuff we do. It's relationships. It's marriage. It's, it's life with our kids. It's life in our workplace. It's, it's all the different things that we go through in life that are hard. You know, it's very practical that because Jesus is raised from the dead, we have living hope to face every single situation that we find in life. And faith rises up in us and grows and matures and develops over time. And so because Jesus is raised, we have a new life. We have living hope. And then this last piece I want to just call us to is an inexpressible joy. Number three. I'll read the verse again. He says in verse, verse 8, Though you've not seen Him, you love Him. And even though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. I love that this is Peter's testimony. And, and the way we say it here at Christ Fellowship, the way we've said it for years, is not just, do you believe in Jesus? But when did Jesus become your treasure? Your treasure, like... He's above everything else in life. He's number one. He's above, say something, I don't, you know, whatever, whatever you struggle with giving allegiance to, it's when Jesus becomes treasure over all other allegiances. That's, that's what we're talking about, believing in Him and loving. Even though we don't see Him face to face, we believe in Him, we love Him, we trust Him, and we are filled with this joy that is absolutely the longing of our hearts. God made you to long for this joy that only He can give by filling you with His presence and life and forgiveness and freedom and hope and meaning and per- all those things. That comes in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. You know, and so this joy piece, I, you know, I long for it, but it doesn't mean that I'm, I'm immune from getting distracted from it. I hate that. I just... You know, we talked about this a few weeks ago, but just 
I, I'm sadly like a dog sometimes, and I'm trying to pay attention to Jesus, but I am. I'm just. It's, it just drives me crazy sometimes how easily distracted I am. And I know that nobody else struggles with this, <laughs> but it's just the oh, it's just a, a bummer sometimes. His joy, though, no matter what happens, when I when I blow it, when I mess up. When I get distracted, it's I remember the joy. And I want the joy. I want the joy of fellowship with him more than anything else in life. She encourages me to that. I encourage her to that. We encourage each other to that as brothers and sisters in this family called Christ Fellowship. It's, there's just nothing like it. And it's, it really becomes, I can endure hard stuff because of the joy that's out there in front of me. I can keep going. I can persevere. I can endure. And that's exactly what Jesus modeled for us. He endured the cross because He wanted the joy of being in relationship with all of you and me and us. And that's good news. So, back to Peter. And I'll finish with this. You know, Peter is like every man in a way. You know, he blows it. The Lord restores him. He blows it. The Lord's right there walking with him. He blows it. And the Lord uses this broken vessel and at the end of his life he's going this is what matters god in mercy came to us while we were sinners and he gave us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of jesus christ from the dead and he's given you an inheritance that can never perish spoil or fade it's kept in heaven for you and even though you go through all kinds of stuff he wants you to keep going because what's happening in all of that, that living hope stirring us up to believe for great things happening in our own lives, for transformation happening in our own lives. It is God's mercy. Peter blew it, but that's not the end of the story. The Easter story breaks into Peter's life, and Peter gets used by God to change the world. And we get to be in on that same story. It's the kindness of God that our failures are not the end of the story, our failures are not the end of the story, but they are an opportunity for new life. They're an opportunity for a new chapter, for a new page turning. The kindness, the mercy, the healing that God wants to bring is available for every single one of us. That's why we're here today. That's what Easter's all about. It's such good news. And if I could just encourage anybody grab your hand and say, meet the Lord. There's none like Him. There's none like Jesus. Y'all stand up. And what we're going to do right now, the worship team's going to come, and we've got a ministry team that's going to come. And we do this, if you're visiting with us, we do this at the end of every service. It's just take a few minutes to uh, respond to God. And this, what we're about to do right now, really is is one of the most important things we do all morning. And that is because it gives each of us as individuals a chance to connect with what God is saying in our own hearts. You know, so I want to I just encourage you to just focus in with me just for a minute here. We're, even though I'm finishing the sermon, we're not done. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, would you just meet with us here in this moment in Jesus' mighty name. So I've got three three things to call you to. And the first one is this. If you don't know Jesus, you can start that relationship with Him right now. 
Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that He is the Lord, we will be saved. And that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so let's just, I just want to pray for just a minute and give anybody that needs to respond an opportunity. Just bow your heads, close your eyes, please. So Father, just if anybody's needing to respond to you to become a follower of Jesus, just pray you'd just lift your hand up and I want to pray a short prayer with you and for you. If that's you, just lift your hand up. salvation, Jesus. Yeah, so Father, would you just in the name of Jesus give us grace here? We turn away from sin, we turn away from ourselves, and we embrace you, Jesus, in your salvation. We say that you are the King and the Lord. We love you. We thank you for saving us from our sins, from saving us from a life of darkness and pain and bringing us into the light of your salvation. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And then uh, here's another invitation, and that is these points we're talking about today, we all need these things. You know, we need life. There's different parts of our life where we need life, where we need hope, and where we need greater joy. So whatever that is, wherever that's touching and landing in your world, you can get prayer right now. The front will fill up. We're just going to take a moment to do this. But, but if you need prayer, please don't leave without getting prayer. And the third invitation is just, if there's anything else that we didn't touch on, you know, there's power. The power of God is here for answered prayer. So if the front fills up, just ask somebody to pray for you that you came with. And let's do this. Father, in Jesus' name, meet us in these moments. We love you. We turn to you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hey, guys, be bold. Lead out. Go for it. If you need prayer, just step out. So these people love you. They want to pray with you and for you. Amen.